The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Podcast Network with the wonderful Jim Kaler from the Kaler Law Firm. Wonderful. Is there another one here? Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not not called wonderful very often. I'm not sure I deserve it, but thank you. Oh, you know, you're like one of my favorite people in the world. So Yeah, you need more friends. Oh, no, no, I'll keep you. So I want to know, we've been talking in our last segment about just this whole planning for long-term care. It's again, one of those things that we don't necessarily think about. And a lot of us kind of avoid it because nobody really wants to talk about getting old. And uh, denial is a very powerful drug. Yes, it is. Opium's got nothing on denial. (laughs) Very, very true. And the thing I think that's really interesting about um, this whole process of, of, um, you know, long-term care is that, you know, number one, we don't want to, talk about aging we don't want to talk about these difficult things but then we all realize we can't do things we used to do 20 years ago you know we can't do a lot of things and when I look at you know I'm I'm really different than what I used to be 20 years ago and it's just because obviously aging is is setting in not that I'm in bad shape or anything but it's certainly you know aging does you ain't 40 anymore no, I ain't 40. Ain't 20 I ain't 30. Anymore. You know, and I look at I, I remember, you know, so many things that I used to do at, with that and survive on like three, yeah. four hours of sleep a night consistently. Can't do that anymore. You know, yeah. I see my 24 year old daughter soon to be 25, <laughs> and I'm just gonna beat the crap out of her out of jealousy, you know? Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> my 28 year old son, you know, just why can't I be 24 or 28 anymore? You yeah, know? exactly. So we were talking um, in our previous segment just about the whole planning for long term care. We talked about trusts and we talked a little bit about, um, you know, kind of positioning yourself for the best process. Um, I want to continue that conversation with you, Jim. And and we had touched on a couple other points. Um, What else do we not know yet? One more time. What was that, Suzanne? What else do we not know yet okay. about this planning process? Sorry okay. About so that. in the last podcast, I mentioned there's three ways to plan ahead for long-term care. Do nothing, which is what yeah. most people do, mm-hmm. uh, and has some downsides. It could be a crisis case later. You can buy insurance, and there's th- at least three different ways I can think of to, to package that insurance. Uh, or you can give stuff away now while you're still healthy and cross your sure. fingers for five years that you don't need long-term care before uh, the yeah. five years runs out. Yeah. And because that's when whatever you gave away is no longer viewed mm-hmm. by Medicaid as, mm-hmm. as possibly transferred. They only look back five years. Okay. So let's talk about insurance first. Insurance is pushing the financial. I mean, no one's going to take the care issues away from you. Unfortunately, we wish that someone would do the long-term care for us and we were still healthy, but that's not how the world works. Right. Um, but it, to take the financial burden, or at least part of it, off of you and your family, you can buy insurance. The single biggest indicator on who will buy long-term care insurance is who has been through the long-term care process with family members. Someone who has been through long-term care with a family member is 95% more likely to buy, maybe that's 95% of the market of people who buy long-term care insurance. I believe they've that. been through this crap. Okay, so I wish more people would go get it, but 
they they make the choice they make and that's okay it's their choice to make mm-hmm. so what to look for in long-term care insurance the easiest one to talk about is long-term care insurance um, insurance standing alone by itself so that is the only risk that is, that you are mm-hmm. protecting here is the cost of long-term care you're not combining it with health uh, right. I'm sorry, with, with uh, life insurance, you're not combining it with some annuity investment type thing, okay? Those are the other two big ways to, to insure for long-term care costs. So when looking at long-term care insurance, you want to look at uh, a company that's stable. You want, uh, ins- with insurance, it's going to be over a long-term. Life insurance is over a long-term. Mm-hmm. Long-term care insurance is over a long-term. Okay. You buy it when you buy it and you want it to cover you for the rest of your life. You don't want to jump from policy to policy like you can with auto and home and, uh, and property no. And casually. No, because it's like as life you insurance. age, it will be more expensive. And if you jump insurance companies, whatever you gave them before is gone. Yeah. And the new rate is going to be on your current age and your current level of health. Yeah. So you want to pick an insurance company and stick with it for the rest of your life. So you want big and boring. That is what a good insurance company looks like. Big or even huge and boring. Okay. <laughs> I don't them, like that. <laughs> you want them not to take stupid risks like the banks did in 08. Okay. Yeah. Um, you want an insurance company that is, that you look at their investment portfolio, or you read about them and you don't see them in the news. Okay. Yeah. So uh, big you also went in the long-term care insurance industry with some history. You don't want somebody j- who jumped in and said, oh, I can make some money here in insurance company. I can make some money here, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we know the companies that have done that and we see them go away very quickly. And guess what? Your insurance goes away too. Sure. Um, and the biggest one that I like, although this is very hard to see from a consumer standpoint, is an insurance company that underwrites long-term care risks on a long-term care model. Some insurance companies, especially the ones that sell on low price, sell long-term care insurance on low Mm -hmm. price, Mm -hmm. underwrite based on a disability model, replacing your income when you can't work. That is a similar, Ah. but not close enough way to underwrite and have a good, um, balance sheet on an individual insured person, right. you know, a policyholder down the road because it is a different thing to insure. Wow. Okay. Because ca- the replacing income, you know what the income is. True. Long-term care cost, you don't know. Income yeah. tends to go up at the same rate, more or less, as costs overall. The consumer yeah. price index, for example. Okay? Not always, but yeah. Not always. Certainly yeah. not always. Okay. Health costs and long-term care costs have consistently gone up at a higher in, uh, higher inflation rate, like 150% or 200% consistently. So wow. an insurance company, an insurance policy on long-term care from a pol- from a company that uses a careful underwriting scheme aimed at long-term care is probably going to be more expensive than one from a different company. Yeah. Okay. So there are companies that have a history. These are the ones who use the the disability underwriting model. 
And I also want to sell you on price. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they stick with the disability underwriting model. They want to get you in 10, 12, 15 years down the road, maybe sooner, maybe longer. You're going to get a letter saying we need you to either drop your policy, increase your premiums, or cut your coverage. And, and that's probably when you need it the most. You're not usually there yet. Okay. Most people get that letter aren't there yet, but you're okay. approaching. Let's face it. You're sure. 10, 12 years down the road. If you bought it at 40, you're now in your fifties. You hope you don't need long-term care at fifties. It's not common. Or if you bought it in your fifties, you're now in your sixties. Again, still not common. It need long-term no. care. But it starts more in seventies, late seventies. Yeah. But you are, you know, you're looking at this and going, okay, what do I do? Yeah. Um, and they, they're companies that have a history of doing that. And mm-hmm. um, as much as I want to, I'm not going to name names here. Because um, frankly, some of them, I have, I have friends who work there or sell those things. And mm-hmm. I, I'll tell them to their face. I don't, I'm not going to recommend you as much as I like you. I'm not going to recommend you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't cut corners there. I don't pull punches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also am not going to rat them out. I don't think that's appropriate in the setting. Sure. Um, but uh, so you want one that it, you may choke on the number. Okay. You may choke on the price quote they give you. And so no is an okay answer, but at least you looked. Sure. And then if you don't like that, maybe then you can go to a lower price one. Okay. Sure. One of the things that is over time been a good indicator of a well underwritten long-term care insurance policy is the, the insurance company is a mutual company rather than a stock company. Ah. Mutual companies are owned by their policyholders. Correct. Stock companies are owned by stock uh, stockholders. Okay. So with a mutual company, there are two groups of people the company needs to keep happy. The, owner, the owners slash policyholders, the insureds, and the employees. With a stock company, there's three groups of people they got to keep happy and split the money among employees, mm-hmm. policyholders, and only those who make claims mm-hmm. at the time, and the stockholders who are always bitching that they're not making enough money off their stock. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of mutual companies for both life insurance and long term care insurance because they do tend to be big, they do tend to be boring as dirt but they tend to be around and steady over the decades and some of them yeah. more than a century. Okay. There is value there in that for mm-hmm. insurance. Insurance should not be the exciting part of your investment portfolio. You want no. it to be the boring part. Mm-hmm. You want exciting, go invest in Tesla, but don't, in, don't buy insurance from a company that is following Tesla stock. And that's right. how your dividends are picked. Got it. Okay. So here's my other question. Um, you just said, made a comment about most people buy it when they're 40. Um, how about those that haven't bought it and think, well, you know, I'm in my late 50s, early 60s. I still don't have a plan. Should and, and obviously the premium is higher. What is does that change when you get older if you don't? Have yes, but, the, but there's a trade off. Okay? OK. Again, circling back to whether to buy insurance or not. If you're losing sleep, worrying about long term care costs in your future. And that's usually because you've been through this crap with somebody. True. Um, then it's certainly worth at least getting some quotes. Quotes are free. Right. Okay. Um, if you choke on the number, you choke on the number, but at least you looked. But remember, people who buy long-term care insurance in their 40s are mostly 
paying for it over decades longer than people who buy it in their right. 70s. Right. So people who buy it in their 70s have to, because the insured, the insured risks are the same. True. Okay. For the 40-year-old who's now, for the former 40-year-old policyholder who bought it 30 years ago and is now 70. And the, the uh, new potential policyholder who's buying it right now for the first time, mm-hmm. the long-term care risks are roughly the same. But the right. time horizon to pay the insurance company to cover your butt is shorter. So at True. 70, you should be paying more. And you have to simply have to look to see whether it fits your you budget. You have to look at if that makes sense. Yes. And obviously those the are- The other thing, and this is huge, okay? If you're 40, you usually don't yet have any symptoms that make the insurance company- True. You have a real- No pre-existing risk. conditions. Yeah. Okay. At 70, I know people who have been turned down from long-term care insurance because the, uh, the, you know, the, the company representative who was coming to do the interview, the, the medical questions or whatever, saw a cane leaning in the corner. That is oh an indication goodness. that you are at risk of needing long-term care sooner than they care to cover. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So as you age, your ability to get coverage at all is going down. Sure. Sure. That makes total sense, Jim. And I'm so excited. I'm glad that we've had this conversation because I know there's a lot of us out there that are worried about it. And I sit there and I think about, you know, how many of people in my age group, the boomers right now with where the economy has been and all that stuff are end up with have nothing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. we're going to be in a crisis as a country um, in 10 years as a result. And I think about that. So anyway, thank you so much for um, sharing these thoughts with us. And we look forward to more segments with you in the future. Thanks, Suzanne. I'll be back. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at j-k-o-e-w-l-e-r hyphen a-f-e that's j-kaler a-f-e at protectingseniors.com Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.